I have heard mentions of fried chicken, and I've heard the word cray-cray. So we're in a good place. We're in a good place this morning. Uh, I am excited to be with you. Uh, I'm thankful for the opportunity. Uh, Brother Gary, who has been with you guys filling in, uh, is one of my, uh, my mentors, my heroes, um, who also lived in Hidden Lake. So I know I'm kind of partial. Rebecca, we're kind of partial, but Hidden Lake was a pretty amazing subdivision and a lot of memories there. Uh, but thankful that Gary asked me to, um, to speak this morning. And uh, so looking forward to this opportunity. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn with me to Psalm chapter 77. Psalm chapter 77. I began to look a while back at, at what would I want to share? What would God want me um, to share? And I kept going back to this phrase, what to do with worry. And I know in the world that we live in, um, we tend to be worry warts. I would probably be the poster child of that. Um, it's very easy to find ourselves worrying about things that are happening in our world, things that are happening in our schools, uh, in our businesses, in our homes, and even in our personal life. And so as we begin to open up God's Word this morning, uh, I want to pray uh, for us specifically, and then I want to read chapter uh, 77 um, together this morning. And I want to look at three things that I think we can pull from this, uh, this scripture, this chapter, uh, to remind us what can we do uh, with worry. So would you pray with me? Father God, we're so grateful for the opportunity we have to open up your word this morning. God, we're thankful. Uh, the worship that we have already heard, uh, the opportunity to lift you up in this place. Um, God, how beautiful it is, uh, Father, for us to sing praises to you. And God, how faithful you are as we sing those to be reminded of who you are. Father, I pray this morning for us as we open up and we begin to look uh, in your word, um, God, would the, the words that you would have uh, for us this morning, God, would they fall uh, not on deaf ears, but, Father, fall on our hearts and remind us, uh, Father, as we oftentimes get caught up in worrying and um, as we find ourselves in situations that are difficult. Um, and so, God, I pray that uh, you would speak to our hearts this morning. Father, we love you, we thank you, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. There was uh, an exasperated husband that asked his wife, she, he said this, why are you always worrying when it doesn't do any good? Perhaps you've even mentioned that phrase before. And so the wife quickly piped back to him and said, oh, yes, it does. As a matter of fact, 90% of the things I worry about never happen. And so when you think about that, men, you turn to your wife and say, she was right. Statistically speaking, she is right. Sometimes it's hard for us to say that, but... When we talk about this idea of worrying, when we begin to, to think about how do we deal with worrying, and statistically speaking, it is true that about 90% of the things that we worry about never come to fruition. But how can we begin to look past that and to focus on this idea of what do I really do with worry? What do I do with things that are difficult in my life? And so I want to read uh, Psalm 77 for us uh, this morning, and then let's pull some things um, out of that. This is what it says. It says, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. Don't miss that. He will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. 
You hold my eyelids open, and I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn me forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of my Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You, with your arm, redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth Thunder, your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. I want to pull a couple of things out of, uh, out of this chapter this morning. And the first thing is this, that God hears us When we call out to him, God hears us when we call out to him. The psalmist here, if you look at verses one through three, twice is said, I cry aloud to God, aloud to him. I cry out to him. The psalmist turns to God for help. And what a great example for us in the midst of our problems. And here the the psalmist is troubled. There's something that has gotten a hold of him, something that he's wrestling with, that he's bothered by. And he cries aloud to God, and he does the one thing that we all should do. The first place that the psalmist turned was to the Lord. And oftentimes when we go through difficulties and we face trials, we think we can handle it on our own, and we seem to turn to everything but first to the Lord. And the psalmist does so here. And then he says specifically that he will hear me. God hears us when we call out to him. You know, in hard times, uh, we can be tricked into thinking that God is distant. In hard times, in, in difficult times, we can convince ourselves that God is not concerned with anything going on in our life. In the difficulties, we can think that God is so distant that he, he does not care about my problem. He does not care about what I face. Maybe it's large in our lives, but in the eyes of God, maybe it's just so small that he just simply doesn't care. But that's not true. We know that's not true because God's words reminds us. Not only is he always with us, as Matthew 28, 20 reminds us, that Jesus would say to the disciples, and behold, I am with you when? Always. I am with you always to the end. Joshua 1.9 would remind us that the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In times of difficulty and hardships, we can be convinced that we think that God is distant, but it's not true. He is with us and he is available. Notice here in these verses the different times that the writer calls 
uh, out to God. It says this, he calls out to God in the day of my trouble. He calls out to God at night. He calls out to God when I remember him and when I meditate. The different times that the writer would call out, the psalmist, basically in this moment is calling out to God day and night and when he thinks about him and when he meditates. And the reminder here for us this morning is there's never an occasion when God is not available to us. There's never a moment in our life when he's not available to his people. And we can hold fast and firm to that truth. Not only is, is God present, but he's listening. And the psalmist reminds us. The, the reminder for us, the encouragement for us this morning is in whatever we face, whatever that causes us great worry, that we can take it to him and it doesn't fall on deaf ears. The communication lines, they don't get jumbled up. He hears us when we call out to him, and he listens. I don't claim to, uh, to be a mechanic. Uh, there's some things I think I'm pretty good at. A mechanic is not one of those things. I have fixed a few things on cars before, replaced you know, some parts, your, your battery terminal cable, or maybe a fuel filter, or fixed a flat tire. But when I was in seminary, I was driving one afternoon, and I noticed... My car just did not seem to drive like it normally would. And then it began to make a noise I had never heard before in my life. And so I did what any of us men would do, us mechanics would do. I climbed underneath the car and I took uh, some duct tape and bubble gum and a toilet plunger and I fixed the problem. No, I, I didn't do that. I had no idea what was happening. I was in need of help. My transmission had gone out. It was going to cost a lot of money to fix it. And so I reached out and I called for help. I called my dad. And I remember when I called him, he didn't ignore my phone call. He didn't decline it. He wasn't too busy to where he could not talk to me. And he picked up the phone. I said, Dad, I've got a problem. My car's making a really weird noise. I don't know what's going on with it. We found out it was the transmission. And not only did he take my call... Not only was he available to me, but he helped me. My dad drove from Columbus, Mississippi, 10 hours to Wake Forest, North Carolina, with a car dolly, loaded up my car, and drove 10 hours back to Columbus to have it fixed for me. I'm reminded of, of that story because the Bible often describes God as our heavenly father. And like all loving fathers and, and dads, you understand what this means. God is also available to us. Just as though my father was available to me, he took my phone call, he helped in a time of need. And, and by the way, when I reached out to him and said, I need help, he wasn't mad at me. And when we do that with the Lord, when we reach out to him and say, God, I need help, he is available and he has compassion for us. Psalm 103, 13 reminds us that as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. So thankful that the Lord listens to us when we call out to him. But not only does God hear us when we call out to him, the second thing that I want us to see this morning is that we can have hope <clears throat> now because God never changes. We can have hope today because God never changes. When you look at verses 11 uh, through 15, you begin to see a shift take place in this passage. You have a psalmist who is troubled, 
There's obviously something bothering him. He cries out to the Lord. He then begins to ask questions. Well, will the Lord spurn me forever? Or has his steadfast love just disappeared? And then in verses 11 through 15, he says, I will remember. I will ponder to find comfort in his present struggles, the psalmist looks back to past events where God has been faithful. The psalmist reminds us, he says, I will call to mind, I will remember, I will make mention of, I will ponder these things. He appeals to the past rather than obsessing over the current. And if we were to do the same, I wonder what that would look like for us. And, and here the picture of the, that the psalmist gives us is, is a picture of the Red Sea being parted, a story that we're probably all familiar with, a picture of the Israelites as, as they are escaping. And then you have the waters that have parted, and God is orchestrating all of it. And they're guided by their shepherds, Moses and Aaron, and these divinely appointed shepherds were themselves also following God, and God makes a way. God saved his people when they were in distress and when they were beyond any human help. Maybe you found yourself at that place before in life when there's nothing left but God. There's nothing that anybody else can do, and we simply turn to him and this morning, as we think about this picture that the psalmist reminds us of, I will remember the deeds of you, Lord. I will look back to the past at the times that you were faithful, the times that you rescued. And I want to ask us a couple of questions as we pause here for a moment to say for us to think back to a time when God has delivered you. Think back to a moment in, in your life when he made a way when there was no way. In the psalmist turning to the past, it leads him from this place of lament, from this place of crying out to a place of praise. You notice that. He says, I cry aloud, aloud to God in the day of my trouble. And then you see this shift take place. And he says, I will appeal to the years of the right hand of the Most High. Your way, O oh God, is holy. What God is great like our God. And so oftentimes, in the midst of worries and struggles and difficulties and hardships, we turn from lament to praise. Now, I know that we don't want to live in the past, but it is okay to look to the past, to look to the times where God has been faithful to us, where God has delivered us. Because there we find God doing what only God can do, giving hope or peace or comfort or strength. And so in the difficult times, we look back to when God delivered. Hebrews 13.8 reminds us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. James 1.17 reminds us that whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in heaven. He never changes or cast a shifting shadow. We have hope today 
because God never changes. We have hope today because just as God has cared for and protected us in our past, in our past struggles, in our past worries, in the disappointments, the difficult times that we would face, we can be assured that he will care for us and protect us today. So not only do we see this idea that as we look at what do we do with worry, well, God hears us when we call out to him. We can have hope now because God never changes. We draw from our past experiences. But the third thing that I want to share with us as we wrap up this morning is that God has supreme authority. When you look at verses 16 through 20, it reminds us that when the waters saw you, God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. We go to God with our worries because there's nothing that he cannot do. There's a song that we used to sing at uh, some kid camp uh, that we've done and, and maybe even at a VBS or two, but um, some of you may recognize this, but there's a part of the song that says, our God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing our God cannot do. And I'm reminded of that truth as we sing that at, at kids' camps. But it really is fitting for us as adults too, isn't it? Our God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing that he cannot do. There's nothing within creation that does not have to follow his commands. We look here at, at what the psalmist begins to run through this list of things in verses 16 through 20, and we're reminded that the deep seas and the thunderstorms and the lightning and the earthquake, all of them submit to God's authority. And I want to tell us this morning that whatever worries you have, they are not beyond the authority of God. There's nothing that has caught him off guard. There's nothing in, in your life that, that God said, oh, I cannot believe I forgot that. I, man, oh, the time, I, I missed that, right? God, God doesn't do that. We do. We miss alarms or we miss, you know, something big that happens in our lives. But, but those things, God doesn't miss those. There's, a, uh, there's an illustration that I'm reminded of. Um, I have done youth ministry for close to 20 years, and so you'll have to forgive me, but there's a little game that, uh, that we play a lot of times. You've probably heard of it. It's called Rock, Paper, Scissors. And uh, maybe you've played this game before, but there are moments in, in, um, in my life, uh, I get to be a bonus dad or a super dad to two twin girls who just turned nine years old. And so we may be standing in line at a restaurant or we may be at a, at a store and, and maybe one of them is not interested. And so I'll look at them and I'll kind of give this mean look on my face and I'll do this. And they know what this means. This means, oh, this, we're about to battle. We're about to play rock, paper, scissors. And then it's on, right? It's the ultimate competition. And it doesn't matter who wins. The next thing that's said is best two out of three. And then if you win best two out of three, that's not good enough. Best three out of five, right? And I think about this game that we would play, and I won't ask us to get up and play it this morning. But think for a moment about rock, paper, scissors. Every element in rock, paper, scissors wins against one and loses against the other. Just think about that for a second. Rock. Rock beats scissors but loses to paper. 
Scissors beats paper but loses to rock. And paper beats rock but loses to scissors. Every element beats one and loses to the other. And I want to share that illustration with you by saying this, that God is not that way. There's nothing that will get the best of him. There's nothing that, that will wake up one morning and go, he forgot me. There's nothing that's going to get the best of him. He can handle any worry that we face. He can handle any, any difficulty, any trial that we face. For those of us as Christians, as we read Psalm 77, we have even more of a reason to look to the past as we navigate through the struggles of life. We look to the past, specifically to the crucifixion. We're reminded of what the crucifixion means. We're reminded of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. But if we also look to the past, then we're also reminded about the resurrection. We're reminded of what took place at the resurrection, what we celebrate at the resurrection, that he is not here, for he has risen. And when we begin to look to the past, when we begin to look in Scripture at these things, in the midst of our difficulties, we can have confidence for the present, and we can have hope of who God is. God hears us when we call out to him. God is our supreme authority, and we can have hope now, today, no matter what it is that we face, because he never changes. I said that I like asking questions, and, and I do this a lot, especially when I'm talking to teenagers, because and it even works for us as adults. As soon as I ask a question, you immediately start to wrestle with the answer in your mind. Here, watch this. So, we'll do this. so who is your favorite college football team? Real easy. Right now, you're already thinking about the answer to that. Hopefully, all of you said the Ole Miss Rebels. If not, uh, the altar will be open. And I don't, I'm just kidding. I don't want to start anything. If I say, what is your favorite food? You begin to wrestle. Oh, think about that fried chicken y'all are going to have next Sunday, right? So I want to leave you with two questions. These are two things that you can take with you to think about, but... These are also great questions that you can go home maybe at the supper table or one night this week and begin to ask these questions with your kids or with those who are gathered around the table. How do you feel knowing that God is always available to you and is listening when whatever you have to say and whenever you need to say it? And then what is one specific time that you know that God was there for you in the past? And how can you use that to be an encouragement for you today? So as we ponder on these things, I want to close in, in prayer this morning. And, and uh, I don't know how you guys do things, but the, the call to respond, uh, I'll be down the front. I'll be glad to pray with you or talk with you. But, but just pondering all of this, what do we do with worry? We take it to God. We turn to him first and we let him handle it. So would you pray with me this morning? God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather in this place. Father, for the moment that we have to be able to lift you up and to worship you this morning. God, to be reminded through such beautiful songs that we have sung about who you are. God, about how you will be with us. How we can trust you. That you've been faithful to us. Father, may we be found 
being faithful to you. God, in our worries that life throws our way, the difficulties we face, the trying times, God, may we understand that you are there. You hear us. You are available to us. You are not distant. God, may we recognize that we can look back to times in our past where you have been faithful to us, where you provided and protected, and may we draw strength from that for whatever it is that we face or we're facing at this moment. And God, for us to know that you are the supreme authority and you're in control. There's nothing that happens without you knowing about it. There's nothing that catches you off guard. And you can handle whatever it is that we're facing. Father, we're grateful for your words this morning. God, may we hold them firm, place them in our hearts. And Father, may we use them to remind us. God, we thank you. We love you and we ask this in your son's precious name. Amen.